My dad used to, uh, he took me to the horse races, Solano County Fair. We used to watch like the Kentucky Derby on TV. And I still watch horse racing occasionally. Uh, one of my favorite parts about watching a horse race, especially the big ones, Triple Crown, is when they get to the top of the back stretch and the announcer says, and down the stretch they come. It's very exciting. Tomorrow is March 1st. As far as the NBA race goes, starting tomorrow, Drapes, down the stretch they come, right? And the Kings are in, they're in a pretty good position. Just that they're starting to maybe fade a little bit. They're drifting back towards the pack, but they're in a decent position to make a run. And so it appears that a lot of people right now are getting a little anxious. Why isn't this as exciting as last year? Drapes just asked the question, why aren't we feeling as good about things as fans in Dallas and, and New Orleans are? Uh, Drapes, I want to share with you a couple of uh, comments here on the text line. Drapes coming to us from Minneapolis. This is sampling here. This is interesting. In response to a caller, Miami didn't build that kind of an organization and culture in a year. Who they are now is a result of a process of many years of crafting a perennial contender, which is what Monty is doing. Then we have someone else. Patience. We've been patient for 17 years. Get out of here. The West is wide open. Go for it. Then we have Mike Brown. Call it what it is. This year, he's been exposed. So <laughs> oh my a lot God. of anxiety right now over where the Kings are, Drapes. Uh, unbelievable, man. This, I mean, it, I, I get it, Kings fans. We wanted, uh, you know, a top four seed. We wanted, to, you know, the team to take a step forward. But I don't think Mike Brown has forgot what, the, you know, how to coach or anything like that after, you know, just uh, one season. I think what you're looking at, and and honestly, Whitey, let, let's keep it real. We kind of forecasted this. When you looked at the moves the other teams made, you know, Minnesota, another year for them. They got the talent. Anthony Edwards taking that step forward. OKC, we knew they'd be a growing, rising, tough team. Maybe not number one, number two in the West, but we thought they'd be better. You know, as bad as Dallas was last year to end the season – they were still a talented team. And so I don't think – I think we went into the season thinking, you know, we, we wanted higher expectations for this team. But when you looked at their record, and now, mind you, they still can achieve 48 wins on the season. A lot of people predicted them at 43 wins, 44, 45 wins. And so I don't know many people that predicted 52, 53. So I don't understand – you know, why this team is um, being viewed as a disappointment. Think about it. Last year, this time, they were, you know, uh, maybe a game or two better, if that. But they were the three seed, and so that made you feel much better. Because the West is as strong as it is, so many teams got better, we feel like, oh, my gosh, sky is falling. And when you look at the teams that made the moves, the Kings didn't do anything, really. Right. Right. And so this, this, you know, we we kind of predict this. To be honest with you, you know, the drapes the and Whitey. This is something that caught my uh, my ear. Uh, I think it was about twenty minutes ago. Was Sally was a caller, drapes, and I don't think you had the opportunity to hear her. But one of the things that she used, the word of the word she used, was magical. Yep. And I think yes. that's part of it. Is like, listen, this isn't a Cinderella movie. I understand what happened last year was unexpected from all different angles, minus the people in drapes. You can speak to this. 
the people that were down there at the G1C inside the locker room and people that are part of the team. And the fact of it is, is yes, it was magical because it had been so long Mm -hmm. for a magical season to happen here in Sacramento. And now we're like in the thick of things like, okay, now we're getting to a point to where we have to build and, you know, add to the magical season. And every season isn't magical. Right, right. I think Trace made a great point, you know, last year. It did seem magical for everyone because everybody had that goal. What are we doing? We're making the playoffs this year. What are we doing? Getting back there? Uh, winning, if, if trying to win a championship? You know, it's just hard. The first time's uh, the easiest, and then you got to repeat it. What are we repeating? But Drapes, you know, you look at those standings. You were talking about the standings, and this also underscores yeah. why Kings fans are a little just anxious. Yeah, Sacramento. And I know you can look at the standings and see this, but – the Kings are just a game out of fifth, but they're two out of ninth and they're right. two and a half out of 10th right now. And so such a tremendous difference. So much still in play, you know, fans, sometimes it's like a defense mechanism. You start to, they've lost a couple in a row. You start to get pessimistic uh, and they get another tough one tomorrow. So, you know, it's yeah. uh, they got a, a lot of pizza left in the box. So, so let me ask you guys this, because at this point last year, the Kings record was exactly the same 33 and 25 through the 58 games. They were 33 and 25. So is it that the Kings aren't living up to expectations, aren't playing better or that everybody else has has gotten better and the Kings sort of stayed the same? Well, I think will, you know, last time we talked about this and will checked in, I think he spoke for a lot of people. It's not just the record. And as you just pointed out, you know, it's the standing where the, where you are, but the way that the 33 and 25, when you watch it, it's hard if you watch every game to feel like, man, this team, huh? You feel more like, I, I don't know. So I think that's a big part of it. They've been so up and down. Yeah, I, I'm more of the prone of the, of the people around the Kings got better. And the Kings, and, you know, we don't know this for sure, but we do know they've tried to get better behind the scenes. And it just hasn't mm-hmm. happened for whatever reason. Yeah. I think – you know, not preaching patience, Drapes and, and Whitey, but I, I do think, and I said this, Drapes, and I don't think you were uh, you were with us Monday. If you flip-flop these seasons, sure. if right. you gave this season last year and then this year the Kings moved up to the three seed and took a next step, everybody would be okay. Absolutely. Yep. Right? I think everybody yep. would be fine. And so I think, Drapes, if you're getting to, you know, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, like, we're okay. The Kings are in a good position, and we just have to let some things play out. And I think post that, depending on what, you know, happens in the postseason, then we'll start to push the, the narrative of championship, what's the next step, what's the next right. goal, and trying to get better. No, you're, you're 100% right about that, Jay. And, and, and that's the thing. When you look at, at what, what other teams were able to do, like, other teams got better. And I'm not talking about Warriors and Lakers. They're just as bad as they were a season ago. But OKC made a, a tremendous leap. Minnesota. Uh, New, Minnesota. How about New Orleans actually being healthy this year? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I've been waiting for the bottom to drop out on them, and, and it hasn't. Phoenix got better. How about the Clippers? Kawhi's actually playing games, you know? And so all that factors. And to your point, Jay, if this season would have happened last year, we'd be erecting a parade. We'd be celebrating. Absolutely. Right now. You know, we'd be talking, uh oh, they're going to end the drought. They're going to get in. I don't believe this. And I, I just think, you know, and it goes back to the point I made last segment 
it's like if we were in New Orleans or Dallas right now, they're celebrating their seasons. Like the people in the Pelicans, uh, New Orleans fans, they're excited. They're only a game up on us. It's all about perception, man. And I, I, I think, honestly, if I'm going to be straight up with you guys, I think we're do- doing a disservice to the players and to the organization right now because this thing doesn't happen overnight. Like, this team is most likely going to make the playoffs for two straight years. Why do you've been saying it? When's the last time that happened? And so I, I just think now, if he, right? It was last week. People were talking about giving up season tickets, and I'm like, "What? Yeah, that's what crazy. are we doing here? What are we talking yeah, about, crazy. Kings fans? This team still plays hard every night. Sure, the wins haven't come, and obviously, Monty McNair has a lot of work or some work to do to improve this this roster. The flaws were evident last night, and I've been saying it for the last year and a half. When the system breaks down. We don't have the players that can go out there and take over and get a bucket. That's what we need to add some of that. I think this offseason. Well, I agree with you, but I would push back on on the notion that we're doing or fans are doing the team a disservice because fans are going to fan. And I remember you and you spoke for many people. You know those those losses in Houston when you guys came back from that trip. I mean, you were you were beside yourself. You couldn't believe the way the Kings played. And we've seen that a lot this year. And it's because Kings fans, okay, maybe expectations were out of whack. But we didn't expect the Kings to, you know, get uh, get their lunch money stolen as often as it has this year. So there's just a lot of confusion. And we talk about the King, the team's identity. Well, fans don't know what what this team is either. And so that leads to a lot of anxiety. What, what are they? But, but fellas, and, and yeah. Trapes just talked about it. The Kings are right where they were last year. It just but doesn't not really. But but yes, it's the same record. But on, pa- on print, they are. Where are they in the standings? That's what matters. I thought, Whitey, no, no, you you can't all of a sudden just because everybody else gets better expect you to turn into uh, a Mercedes Benz or something like that. You got a nice Toyota SUV. It was good for you last year. Now all of a sudden, because your neighbors then upgraded their cars, you want this, all of a sudden your car to you are what you are. The Kings are thirty three and twenty five. We Mike Brown won the Coach of the Year because of the record they had and they're on track to do the same exact thing. And now all of a sudden people are calling for him saying he doesn't know how to coach I'm calling out Monty McNair. This, this negativity sucks, man. This is, this is what Rick Pitino was going through back in Boston in the early two thousands. Yeah. I, I'm not on board with this negativity right now in this city. Well, the, the Mike Brown stuff I'm with you. It's ridiculous. It's just really ridiculous. But as far as they're the same as they were last year, they're just not because it doesn't matter what your record are. It matters what your record is relative to everybody else. That's why they keep track of records. So, I mean, I think that's a little bit head in the sand to say, oh, right where they were last year. No, not at all, Whitey. No, not at all. Because two years ago, we would have loved to have been in this position. And this is what I'm talking about with this, the, the fan base right now. It's like, let's not forget where we came from. You know, this is not a, a process. You know, we talked to uh, Chris Marlowe. We talked to Scott Hastings about how things were in Denver early on in the Michael Malone years. And so if if fans ready to jump off the the bandwagon already, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, this is a a process. The Celtics didn't become the Celtics overnight. The the Warriors, remember early, 
they had some lumps, and it took them oh, yeah. some time oh, yeah. to get going. And so these things just don't happen overnight. You don't go from zero to championship contender overnight. You're right. As far as the process goes, tell you again, and we'll hear from the NBA insider, says keep an eye on the Kings this summer. Right back with that, Drive Guys, Sackdown Sports. We've been talking about the Kings and the process and where this is all headed and why are some fans getting uh, – A little overly negative about it. Fans already jumping off the bandwagon. We're not even done with the season after the Kings went to the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. That seems ridiculous. Who was getting getting rid of the tickets, Whitey? Who were you saying was talking about getting rid of their tickets? That's, uh, I don't, (laughs) I'll take them. Yeah, I'll take them. Yeah. Uh, Drapes with us from uh, Minneapolis. How about this, you know, Taking a cold hard look at things, Drapes. You're in Minneapolis, or it's cold. How challenging is this uh, this game tomorrow? <laughs> oh man, this is uh, yeah. This is this is this is brutal tomorrow. Anthony Edwards is questionable, oh. so is De'Aaron Fox right now. So maybe we'll catch uh, Minnesota without Edwards. I doubt it though, because as we know, he's the guy kind of guy that likes to play through things. He wants to try and play in all 82, and he wants to be out there. This is a challenge, and, and that's what you know. We need to put it in for to perspective, too, guys. We just had the conversation last week. The Kings got the eighth toughest schedule. They got the fifth toughest schedule. Like, you could look at all these other teams. Over the last two to three weeks, I would argue the Kings, if we just looked at the last three weeks, have, like, maybe one of the toughest schedules, if not the toughest, in the Western Conference. And so, do we really think, and Jay, I heard you a little bit earlier talking about going into Denver uh, yesterday. Like, do we really think we were going to win that game? After no. Losing, after beating them three times and you don't have De'Aaron Fox? No. Nope. Same thing with this Minnesota team. Minnesota's a good team. And so if I'm Sacramento, if I'm the fans, just hang on. Because when you look at the schedule, it lightens up. I mean, there are some pockets, for, you know, to string together some wins coming up for this Sacramento Kings team. You know, you got Chicago a team that's shorthanded. Uh, hopefully, you know, you, you, Darren Fox went off when you played them uh, last uh, month out there in Chicago. You got the Lakers. You've had their number. Omas has owned Anthony Davis. Then you come back home. You got the Spurs. Then you got Houston. And so we've seen with this team, and this is the roller coaster that we live on, you feel bad after a loss or two, but then they rattle off four straight, and now you're back high again. And so just just be patient, Kings fans, especially the month of March. I mean, their schedule lightens up a great deal. They got another stretch, fellas, and I know it's on the road, but listen to this. They got a home game against Memphis. Then they're at Toronto, at Washington, at Orlando. That'll be tough. Mm-hmm. Home against Philly, probably no Joel and B. So that's what I'm saying. The schedule lightens yeah. up. And so th- there's still a possibility for this team. By the way, you mentioned the Lakers, Drapes, and we know that LeBron now is just 40 away from 40,000 career points. Your guy, Campio, says, oh, he got his first points against the Kings. I'd like to see him get 40,000 against the Kings. <laughs> I'm not in favor of that. No. Just what, and that, you know, that would be what, that's the fourth game from here that the Lakers plays yeah. against the Kings. How do you feel about that, the idea of LeBron getting 40,000 against the Kings? I mean, from a fan standpoint and being there and being able to tell people I was there 
when LeBron scored his 40,000th? Yes. But from a, you know. I don't want any part of it. Right, right. From a, uh, you know, he scored his, yeah, exactly. He could get it the day after or the day before or something like that. It would be cool to have that ticket. Well, you don't have ticket stuff anymore, I guess. But, you know, to say I was there that night, you know, 20 years, 30 years down the line, when you're talking to your grandkids or something to be, yeah, I saw LeBron. I saw him when he dropped his uh, 40,000th point. But from a Kings perspective, as a Kings fan, Nah, man, do that somewhere else. Yeah. Are you starting to hear their footsteps behind you a little bit if you're the Kings? Because I uh, think so. Not yet, not yet, not yet, not uh-huh. yet. I, you know, here is the thing, though, Whitey, that I know about LeBron James. He understands how to manipulate a season. He understands when it's time to rest, coast, and when it's time to turn it up. And best believe he understands the magnitude of next Wednesday's game against the Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. a team that is, is ahead of them by two games in the standings. And so I think that's going to be a massive game. I think Anthony Davis and LeBron will see them at their best. And so that's one of those must-wins. Yeah. Like, you know, I know how things feel right now, but 7th and 8th versus 9th and 10th, that's a world of difference in yes. terms of feel. Absolutely. You know, 9 or 10, you only get one crack at it. 7 or 8, you know, you win one and you're in. Nine and ten, you got to win two I know. to get in. I know. And so that, that's mad. It's going to be massive next week. Yeah, uh, looking ahead, maybe looking ahead too far, but uh, looking ahead to the summer. We know a lot of fans are wondering why didn't the Kings do anything last summer? Why didn't they do anything at the deadline? Well, Shams today was saying that when it comes to next summer, the Kings are a team to keep your eye on. Let's listen. This season just feels different. Record-wise, they're pretty similar to, to where they were last year, but they're not a home court team right now they're not a team that's that's a shoo-in for the playoffs they're in the playing tournament even though they have a similar record i think that speaks to the western conference but that's tenor of this season for the kings and and they knew kind of going into the year that they would be aggressive when there would be opportunities and they were essentially the runner-ups for pascal siakam they had a lot of conversations with toronto obviously he ended up in indiana and and pascal siakam a lot of it was determined by him he was going to be a free agent Uh, he's going to be a free agent this offseason and he gave Indiana a sense of confidence that he was going to resign there uh, potentially and give them an opportunity to resign there. Whereas with the Kings, that similar confidence just was not given, uh, which is why the K- Kings made an offer for Siakam. But that offer, uh, it, it was basically what they were comfortable doing while rolling the dice on a guy that could be a rental. So the Kings have been opportunistic. Uh, they'll continue to be. They have De'Aaron Fox, Demonte Sabonis. They have multiple draft picks they can trade. They have assets that they can move, tradable contracts. So. Going to this summer, I think definitely have to keep an eye on the Kings, um, but we'll see how they try to turn this around over the next uh, you know, month and a half of the season. I would say to all the fans, and I, I'm one of them, who you know, sometimes we start pulling our hair out over, they didn't do anything. Well, they tried. Uh, mm-hmm. The Pascal Siakam stuff was, was real. I don't know how close it came to happening, but they were they, the Kings weren't just sitting on their hands, Drapes. They were, they were looking at things that they thought could improve the team. Right, and, and Monty and Wes and those guys, they aren't dumb. Hey, they see the limitations of this team, this roster right now, and, and I understand people want to give them heat for running it back or not doing nothing at the trade deadline, but you're right. They tried, but to Sean's point, 
you know, you can try all you want. Eventually, you got to get it done. Yeah. And I think this is a huge offseason for Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings. You know, when Shams talked about, you know, the assets that they have and everything, like, there's no way that we can go into next season just running it back again. I mean, I don't think Kings fans would stand for that. And so this is a, a monumental offseason. And, uh, you know, you got to figure out the Malik Monk situation. Uh, you know, and I heard you guys talking earlier about some of the buyout candidates, you know, Patty Mills, my guy, Marcus Morris mm-hmm. just got b- bought out, uh, released by San Antonio. And so why not go out there and, and get a guy like that? Um, and so, no, you're, you're right, man. It, this will be a massive off season. And, you know, if, if I'm the Kings and, and I would imagine fans feel this way, you go for it now. Like you, you, you know, not, not now as in right now, but this off season, be bold, you know? The, the way this franchise was transformed, Monty McNair made a bold move, getting rid of Tyrese and bringing in DeMontis Sabonis. And so I would say go out there and be bold. If you can get a, a big-name player, if you can go out there and, and sign somebody, whatever it may be, but you got to improve this roster for sure. By the way, Drapes, before we let you go, and I, I'm thank you very much for uh, you know arranging things so you could be on with us here, but remember we talked about a lot of moves at the deadline and you were all in on wigs, and I'm sure the Kings looked at that. But thank goodness, right? They didn't. Mm. They didn't make that deal because poor Andrew Wiggins is on the whatever list again. He's uh, taking a leave of absence again from the Warriors, and they don't know when he's going to be back. Yeah, what's going on with wigs, man? This is this is crazy. Second straight year that this yeah. has happened, and so. I don't know what's happening. He was playing halfway decent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something going on in his personal life or what. I don't know, but you're right. Imagine making that move, giving up some assets, and then the guy's not even playing for you. You know, that that, that would hurt you. And so uh, I, I'm still a fan of Wiggins, the player, when he plays. Now, that don't you know, don't get it twisted, Whitey. I'd still love to have that guy <laughs> if he was going to be out there on the floor. But, man, you're yeah. right. It's uh, – you know, that's a big piece for the Warriors that they're going to be missing. And before we let you go, we've been talking a lot about dunkers today because it's leap day. Uh, Kyle Draper's Mount Dunkmore. Who do you have on there? We're talking in-game, not just dunk contest or anything like I, that. I right? would prefer it, but obviously you could take it any way you want to. It's your well, Mount Dunkmore. I'm going I'm to I'm go Vince Carter, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I got to have Vince. To me, he's the greatest dunker uh, of all time. I'm also going to go with uh, I'm a big Sean Kemp guy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ring, yeah, yeah. Yes. Remember Sean Kemp? He got some hellacious dunks. We got to go with my guy, Dominique Wilkins. Got to throw him in there yeah. uh, as a, a great in-game dunker. And um, let me think. You know, because I used to work in Louisville, I'm going to go with Dr. Duncanstein, back oh. in the day. You know, uh, you know, I was thinking Michael Jordan, who, you know, had some great dunks, but I'm going to go Dr. Duncanstein back in the day. Look him up, kids. Yeah, you and I were the first three. I had the same three, and then I had the doctor, different doctor. Oh, my doctor. Hey, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good one, too. Yes, yeah. yes. All right, Drapes, we'll be, uh, we'll be talking to you All tomorrow right, from Minneapolis. Have a good afternoon. Yes. All right, man. Thanks for having me, guys. All yeah, right, absolutely, Kyle. Draper with us from <laughs> Minneapolis. And uh, so Drapes agrees with you, uh, Jay, that tomorrow is a really tall order for the Kings. Like, we didn't know that already. Yeah. I I mean, if you just look at it on paper coming into the season and, you know, coming in even two weeks ago, if you looked at the schedule ahead of you, like, uh, probably not penciling a W against uh, Denver and Minnesota. Yeah, I might pencil it. 
But I'm not going to get that sharp. Yeah, I mean, that thing is going to be a very light pencil. Yeah. Let me tell you that. Like, you ske- <laughs> you, I mean, you shading. You're not even sketching. <laughs> we'll get back to the phones also. Kings aren't scaring anybody right now except their own fans. That's next. With the- we'll get back to the Kings in just a moment. I wanted to mention something to Jay because Jay's a real baseball guy. Probably should ask Kyle about this, this since he's a Philadelphia guy. Jay, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, according to the New York Post today, Philadelphia Phillies are ending $1 hot dog night. Man, it's a travesty. It isn't it? Yeah. It's a travesty. Yeah. Uh, the team announced some of its promotions. Uh, they noted today that uh, $1 hot dog night has been replaced by BOGO. Get, buy one, BOGO. get one hot dog sure. night. And how much is that hot dog? Uh, Does I it specify it there, here. brother? Does it give you the amount? I'll have thirteen fifty. It. <laughs> it should be bogus. Yeah, hot dog night. Well, what happened was apparently last year they've had dollar hot dog night since nineteen ninety seven. Shots out to them. Yeah, so a lot of fans are very very upset. Do you remember the A's hot dog night? Hot or excuse me, dollar hot dog night, dollar ice cream night. Wow. When I was going through college, man, I lived on some of that. <laughs> I remember the Kings had a dollar beer night when the Maloose were here. Really? I remember was, that. It was a TNT game, and I think uh, I think Tyreek Evans had like a game-winning steal or a basket or something, but man, the Lions were long. Wow, the Lions. They had so many people. That's when the Kings weren't very good. There's a lot of people that showed up. You know what night. I would probably do if I was in the position of like a player or something like that and that we had hot dog night? I'd probably just go up there and be like, listen, man, there goes 5000 bucks. Let everybody ball out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That type of move. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's per diem. I'm spending per diem money at that point. Apparently what happened was last year during the Dollar Hot Dog Day, hordes of fans, so lots of fans were throwing hot dogs at each other. <laughs> they, it was, and, it and was the elementary school. were so jammed, customers were spending multiple innings in line to get the hot dogs. Because mm. lines were so long. You know, that stinks. If you're not really a fan, you don't care. Sure. But if you're a fan, I'll get a hot dog, and you're in line for like three innings or something? Yeah, that's that true. sucks. That's true. Very true. Yeah, One of two things. Either the, the Phillies need to open up a few more uh, concourse, you know, like some carts or something. They need to, you know, right. create something different. Or, right. You know, I hate to hear that is going away, though, Whitey. Because that 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 is baseball. Mm. That's part of you know the major leagues and going to a ballpark and having the hot dog night and the the dollar ice cream night and you know those type of uh, those ordeals when it comes to baseball. That's what makes the game fun. And, and how many times do we continue to keep on saying they're in need of fans? They're in need of admission. They're in need of paid tickets. They're yeah. in need of people watching. Yeah, you got a reason why people come to the park. That's a good thing. Yes. Yes. Embrace that. Keep it. Give you an idea how upset people are. Here's one blogger. It's BS. It's absolute BS. They're blaming it on clogged concourses, people throwing hot dogs. UMFers stop taking cash. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're swiping transactions. It's taken two minutes to get every transaction through. Whose fault is this? It's your fault. It's all your fault. So they are not happy. I wouldn't be. You know, I will say this, and that fan has a point, and I understand, you know, we just went through a pandemic and germs and germophobia and all that type of stuff, but money is out the window nowadays. 
Like, there's been a few times I've even been at the G1C. I'm like, oh man, and I for, I've forgotten. Like, yeah, oh, I forgot I can't year. use money. Oh, okay, the, let me playoffs, Yeah, right. let me go ahead and do the yeah. you know the, the yeah. Apple Pay or the San, yeah. the Google Pay or the you know the uh-huh. whatever. Um, pull out the ATM card, but yeah, definitely, I know. It's, that's a problem, man. Yeah, and I felt so stupid. And I have a hot dog. It's like, oh, it, you can't give me money for it. I know. Oh, yeah, sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah, let me let me dig into my pockets. Uh, three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Where are we as Kings fans? Back and forth today. We have some optimistic Kings fans who are trying to stay patient. We have some very impatient Kings fans. Well, down the stretch we come starting tomorrow. So where are we? Where should we be? Whitey, question though. Where should we be? Question. And this is is in all honesty here. Yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, and I use Cinderella. I don't want to make this into a Cinderella story last year. And I think we have some fans who are, you know, they're hung up on that. I get it. There was only one ball. There was only one pair of glass slippers. There was only one pumpkin, right? And so my thing with that is there has to be some type of reality too. And like we had, Tim was one of the callers. He's like, oh, we need a championship mentality. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jay is definitely about that. You know, I'm always thinking about winning, winning a championship, but you also have to be honest with yourself. And I think that's part of like what Drapes is saying, I'm saying, and the other people on, you know, other side of the fence, I get you want the best, you know, you want to think the best, half glass full versus half glass empty. But I mean, that's not reality though. Like this team didn't come into this year no one, let me say this, no one expected the Kings to win a championship this year. So if you thought that, then you're not living in reality. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. really not. There's always a letdown after a big year. And the Kings didn't win anything last year. I know they made the playoffs. But I remember I was at uh, a restaurant, is 2011, early in the year. And there was some Giants fans there. This was in town, but they were... You know, you could tell because they had like jerseys on and stuff. And I overheard this woman saying, this was early in the year in 2011. The Giants had just won the World Series. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, winning the World Series was great. But this year, you know, it's just not the same. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Man. Yeah. So that's kind of how we are as fans sometimes. Yeah, you know? but that you, you got to get your mind right, though. We might have to check you in. You know, you might have to sit on the couch. Talk to somebody. TC on Sackdown Sports. Thanks for hanging on, TC. What's up? Man, it's all good, man. JJ, Whitey, what's going on? You tell us what's going on. Hey, hey, listen, ain't nothing going on. I'm still mad about that game last night, man. We could have, hey, I was so livid last night. I said, how we go from 15 down 10 going into halftime in the same quarter? It was, that was unacceptable. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to ask you. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what do you think the problem was? What happened? Uh, is it the offense this year? Is it the defense? Is it the coaching? What 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 happened there, and what's been happening too often this year? It's a little bit of everything. For first and foremost, I want to start with Keegan. I love Keegan, but Keegan, it's 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 past. Everybody have to keep telling you to shoot, bro. You have to start doing that. Like how you came out gang busting yesterday in the first quarter. It has to be like that every game. We need at least fifteen shots from you every night. I don't care if Fox is yeah. on. I don't care if Domas is ready to drop fifty. Whoever, bro, you're the third guy. You have to shoot. This whole getting you up to it, the team, Monty, Doug, Will, everybody got to keep telling you to shoot. Bro, that's unacceptable, bro. I know it's your second year, but you have to shoot the ball. 
seriously. You mm-hmm. really have to shoot the ball. Also, it goes back to what I'm saying, Whitey and JJ, what I keep talking about, the live by the three, die by the three. I'm, as, as a Kings fan, bro, I don't like that. I, I really don't because we don't have a counter. We really don't. It's like either jack up 100 threes, and if we're on, we're going to blow you out. If we're not on, we don't have a counter. Like, what, what's going on with the pick and roll? What's going on with the back door cuts? What's going on getting HB down in the block like we were doing last year? He's good at that. He's probably one of the best ones beside Fox on a team that can draw fouls. Like, go to HB, like, situations like that's on coaching with Mike. I love Mike, but, Mike, you got to, you gotta like, this whole free-flow offense, I'm cool with that. It's all fine and dandy, but you got to have a counter off that. Like, okay, the three's not falling. Let's start doing backdoor cuts. Let's start pick and roll. Let's move over here. Let's find who got the hot hand. And then also when the team is up, we keep blowing leads, bro. Like, we got to, like, we're not, a, we're not an established team to say, oh, we're up 12 points, so now let's take the back seat and we don't have to play anymore, or we're so lethal at shooting threes, if we if we get down, we can get back in the game. This team is entitled, bro, and we're not established enough to be an entitled team. We have to buckle down, and we have to shoot for the fifth and sixth seed. If we can't get it, we got to get in and get gritty how we get it, bro, and not go in this, in this playoff thinking, and at the rest of the season, thinking that we're entitled and we're just going to be there, bro. We're not established like that yet, dog, seriously. Thank you, TC. Appreciate it. I do think Mike Brown wants the Kings to play every night, very gritty yeah. style, and I they just aren't night to night. It's yep. difficult for them to do. And as far as the blown leads, to me, at the risk of oversimplifying, to me, when you can't guard people well, they don't guard people well overall. They just don't. Other teams know that, and the Kings get a lead on other teams, and other teams are like, we're fine. Yeah. They're going to let us back in this game. I'll say this in the words of my boy TC, check it. You know, uh, <laughs> TC, love with TC yes. and with the check it. But yes. I think TC, one of the things TC spoke about that I I wholeheartedly, I think two things really that really touches home. And he said it in his own way, and I thought it, it, it brought a little more clarity, and that's why we love TC to be a part of the conversation is this. First and foremost, I think we are coming down to a point, and listen, we're only 24 games left, and I, I get that part of the situation, but – Keegan Murray is definitely have to apply itself uh-huh. in a in a different form of fashion for this team to be to take the next step. And I like I think, TC saying fifteen yeah. shots a game at least. And I, yeah. I think we all can agree to that. And yeah. and I just as TC said very well, I think everyone down there, when I say down there on David Stern walkway, agrees. Mm-hmm. And whatever form or fashion, you know, we can everyone can tell Keegan. A million times, and we probably need to continue to do so. And even Mike Brown spoke about it, and we can play that next segment where he's like, look, Keegan needs to shoot more. He's got to apply himself. He is that type of talent to where we need him to be one of the best players on the floor every single night. I totally agree with what TC is saying on that because that is part that is becoming frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. And the second part of it, though, is is I like the for, I like what he did say in this form is this. I don't necessarily agree, Whitey, that this team is entitled. But I do think, and we're seeing this, the fans part of it. But I also think this team is having some bumps and and learning and some some growing issues because I do think they saw what – they feel what happened last year. They've seen what happened, and they've tasted what happened. And to take that necessary step, which we all know to become a championship team – most people don't turn it around like that in a year or two. You're going to have to take your bumps and bruises. And it's very interesting to see how this team, Whitey, 
is accepting that. And I, I believe that's a great way TC put it is I think that's part of the problem is I don't think they've even learned themselves yet. And I think that's part of where we're looking for. Mike Brown will turn the, turn the switch, hit the switch over here, press that button, subtract this guy, add that guy. I think this team is still learning who they really are. Mm-hmm. I think they're still trying to put their next foot forward. And, you know, we've said this the last couple of times, and I'll end the soliloquy like this. This team is still in their Bambi stages. This is still in their infancy stages. You said you didn't want to go Cinderella, now you're going Bambi. Yeah, absolutely, baby. I'm a Disney character around here. (laughs) Sign me up, Disney. But that's that's my thing, Whitey, is, is I don't think not only this team, and of course we see it from the fans, and that's why some of this is frustrating for fans. And I get it. I understand that. But we all, you know, it's like this is going to progress. I believe the team has to understand that too. Yeah. They just have to start playing better. (laughs) That simple. They'll be sinking like the Little Mermaid in the West. By the way, every time TC calls, I think we got to call it. It's time for Check It with TC. Yeah, Check It, man. Check It. And now here's TC with Check It. Uh, Is there something from last season that Kings can go back to doing? Well, one thing when we come right back, 339-1140-1800-920-1140. So drive guys with a little Disney theme today on Sacktown Sports. The drive guys, it's Jay and Whitey today. Drapes in Minneapolis, he'll be back with us tomorrow. Uh, we take you up to UC Davis basketball, 545. The Aggies uh, taking on Hawaii. So if you want to hear some UC Davis basketball, <laughs> we have that coming up. Uh, for you. There's been a lot of talk here. I think TC <laughs> might have mentioned it. Some people on the chat are talking about Keegan needs to be more aggressive. TC mentioned 15 shots a game. Here's Mike Brown on how aggressive he'd like to see Keegan become offensively. Yeah, you know, I, I've had and I will continue to have conversations with Keegan. We want Keegan to be aggressive uh, uh, because we, we feel like his development is necessary for us to continue our climb as a team and um, uh, so not just because of tonight but you know going forward uh, I'm always going to tell him hey be aggressive Uh, just because this guy's in the game or that guy's in the game uh, you go ahead and you take the lead if you see any opportunity to take advantage of the defense or your defender uh, we're all for it I think Keegan's had a pretty good year but it's it's really interesting when you hear Mike Brown talker it's crystal clear that the Kings' long-term plan with this group is that Keegan becomes a part of their big three. You know, it's it, they yeah. need him. That's why we want him to be aggressive. Um, so, yeah, they're being patient with him, as, as patient as they can be, but they need him and Fox and Sabonis. You know how much they ask of Fox and Sabonis. You know, those guys put up a triple-double or something, and after the game, Coach Brown will say, yeah. The that's- NFL's leading that's what we need him to do. And I think they they realize it's a little early uh, for for that with Keegan, but they, they'll probably get to a point where when Keegan will score third and they go, yeah, that's that's what we need from him. That's what they, they hope to get from him next year, the year after that and beyond. They rely on him that much, I think. Oh, yeah. I think he it's the necessary, you know, steps for this team to be better than where they're yeah. – or excuse me, where they're trying to go to. They need to. him yeah, to goal. be as- borderline, well, an all-star, all-star, superstar caliber type player. I mean, you know, in the times that we're living in when it comes to the to the NBA, you almost need three guys to win a championship, you know. Um, and if not, your number one and your number two have to be so good that they're, you know, top 15, top 20 
flight type guys, you know, and you have to have a very strong team, which we've seen with Denver. I mean, we, you arguably had the best player in the league when it comes to Jokic, and he covers up a lot of different things. But we also seen Denver Nuggets, as you guys alluded to, talking to, you know, their play by play guys and analysts. Mm-hmm. Over the last you know couple of weeks or whatever that the Kings have played them, they've added the KCPs, the Bruce Browns, you know those type of guys, the Aaron Gordons, Michael P- MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. is playing very well, you know at a high level the last few years. Now that he's been just about healthy, he's missed a game or two. But if you don't have a Jokic, which I don't think you know the Kings have the top player in the NBA, you know arguably, but I do think they have two f- top flight guys. You need that third person to really press the buttons, and I think that's like the MPJ or the KCPs, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Don't you think that Denver's big three is Jokic and Jamal Murray and probably Michael Porter? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And so they got a guy like Aaron Gordon, and it's really, it's, you know, when you look at the Kings roster, I think it's important to look at a team like Denver. They mm. won the championship. They got a guy like Aaron Gordon who's mm. like their fourth guy. Yeah. He's a really good player. Yes, he is. High yeah. lottery pick. Very much so. Very talented player. Yeah. So that's why it's tough for the Kings to compete uh, on nights like last night, and that's why it's so important for them to get Keegan to a point where he's one of those guys. As far as things that the Kings did last year, that maybe are there things they can go back to? I mentioned this earlier. This is a little wonky, but this is from um, the Ringer. The Kings lead the NBA in handoff frequency. You know, it's like Domas on top, and here comes Kevin Herter. You know, you got the hand. Not not always a dribble handoff, but sometimes a dribble handoff. So they lead the league in handoff frequency. Uh, last year, they were top 10 scorer on handoffs in the NBA. This year, they're bottom 10. Hmm. So, you know, just an old dribble handoff. And a lot of that, I think, when you picture it in your mind's eye, it's like, oh, yeah, I think a lot of that is because, you know, Herder just has not been as good this year shooting the ball off those handoffs. But there's something, again, it's like, what happened? Last year, top 10. This year, Bottom 10. Yeah. Uh, And then another thing is, and I know we talk about this and talk about this, but the free throw shooting, um, last year their free throws per field goal attempt, they were seventh in that ratio. This year they're 28th. So I'm not talking about making free throws. I'm talking about getting Getting to to the the line. line. Mm -hmm. Uh, Free throws relative to field goal attempts last year, seventh best this year, 28th. Their attempt rate last year, they were ninth. This year they're 24th. And that's on top of the fact that they can't make a stinking free throw. Yeah, maybe it's because guys, I can't make a free throw. You know, you get shy. You don't want to get fouled. You don't want to go to a line, go to the line and miss a free throw. But you're looking at why? Why isn't the offense as good? Well, there you go. That's that's a. Those are two huge reasons right there. Yeah, I, I, I the dribble handoff for me is definitely something that's telling, and I this is where I can attest to when you have fans who are screaming about the Mike Brown situation. And listen, I think that's fair. Yeah, that and that you have to come to you know fruition and understand that's fair, man. I understand when you are calling those type of, you know, situations and some of those adjustments into, you know, question. And so, like, I think, Whitey, there's not a, a, a <laughs> there's not a very clear answer, right? And I think most of the time when there are frustrating and infuriating situations, there's really not one thing that you can always pinpoint or one thing you can go to. It's always a few things. There's always a handful of things and you try to take care of as many as possible and you move forward. And so I understand the frustration from Kings fans. Definitely do. 
Um, I think it's blared through, you know, these airwaves enough here on this show, um, un- for me at least, that I think we've voiced our frustrations in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think there are some things that the team does do well, and I also think that the fact that they're in this position and in this situation, for me, listen, you can call it what you want to call it. I know people can jump to a conclusion. People can jump on me. It's like, well, listen, Jay, I'm not happy just to be here. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm also saying it is a fun ride. It is cool to be in the, you know, to be in the fifth spot one night, jump back to the eighth spot, jump back up to the sixth spot, stay in the sixth spot two nights, and then jump back to the seventh. Like, I'm good with that right now because I came into the, this season with the understanding it's not a championship team. Right. I was honest with myself. Mm-hmm. I understood the, the miracle in, you know, Sacramento last year. I got it. But there's no way, no form, no shape, no how that I thought this team was going, was vying for a championship. But I do also understand, listen, when you lose to Charlotte Hornets at home, you can be frustrated. Yeah. But the, the, guess what? Two nights later, you know, and I, it wasn't two nights later, but I'm just saying they go into Minnesota and you're at the, the high of highs and get the W over the number one seed in the Western Conference. And so it, I get the roller coaster ride, but I think just what you said is this. One thing about a roller coaster, up, down, side to side, spin, turn, topsy-turvy, whatever you want to call it, you come right back to the same spot. Mm-hmm. And I think that same spot is going to be in the postseason. I think one of uh, it might have been Luke Walton's next to last year was it was his last year the bubble year or the next to last year, and I remember like late in the year the Kings rallied and of course then everything went sideways with the you know they had to stop playing and go into the bubble but I remember the Kings like oh you know oh they're three games out of the tenth you know it's like mm. that was hey they're close to being a factor in the play in and compared to that yeah this is. Uh, it's a lot more fun. Just so far, it hasn't felt like quite as much fun no. as last year. So, I agree. I yeah, agree. Yeah. Uh, but big picture, it's like, this is great. These games matter. Uh, is it time for a hard reset on King's expectations? Next, with the Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports.